Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. There is a lot to look at in this market trade today. Of course, the World Health Organization continues to talk about coronavirus. It doesn't matter what station you turn on. Uh, the talk is there. A lot of chatter, though, as well as what we've been seeing with the soybeans, how they've been hitting the market, the wheat performance, but really kind of a lot of fear of negativity with these numbers and a, a fear type of trade market. And that was kind of our lead-in conversation as we bring in Darren Fessler with Lakefront Futures. And really, it sums it up. There's a lot of fear in this trade right now. Yeah, there's a lot of fear in it, as you mentioned. And, and that fear is really driven by the unknowns. Um, how, how bad is this virus going to get? I mean, of the 8,200 cases, yes, it is more cases currently than SARS had at its time uh, way back when in China. But how contagious is this? Does this mutate into something much worse, into something that is really going to hammer that demand picture longer term? And that's just really what this market, I think, at this current time is trying to adjust for. Now, granted, we've seen in the past and we can learn from history how these things really pan themselves out if we look over the longer term. And and, and if if these fears aren't really confirmed over the longer term, I, I continue to believe this market, re, grains, livestock, energies, you name it, are presenting some very good opportunities uh, for guys who are looking to get back in after some cash sales or ones who are just being patient. Right now, it's definitely, in my opinion, not the time to panic. Well, but the, you say it's not the time to panic, but we're seeing a lot of that panic in there. And I think, look at the soybeans, for example. Uh, they got hit really hard today. Is some of it stemming back to coronavirus, China not knowing what's going to happen with, with purchases from them? Yeah, I, I really do. I mean, beans have been in a, a trend lower. So I think we have to respect the current trend that they were already in. And I think that you had added more fears and headlines that have continued to accelerate that trend. Now, as I have mentioned in, in some cases on social media, that we still on the March beans had a gap to fill around 878 and three quarters. Now, granted, with today's headline fears and continued continuation of that trend, we did feel that gap and actually settled below it. So it's just, again, a continuation of an already bearish trend. Where do we find the bottom? I think that's what a lot of questions have right now. And you really, it points back to some of those, those lows maybe back in May of last year before we really started to accelerate on those planning fears. But right now, it's, it's not looking all that great from a technical perspective. But, you know, you look at the end of January, we are end of month. Funds just continue to hammer this. You know, we go into next month with insurance pricing. Typically, that's a, a time of year where the grains like to find some traction. Not always a guarantee, but, you know, we've had some nice prices in the past where February has really accelerated. Uh, and so, to me, given how much we've been beat down here, like I said, if these fears start to, you know, kind of cool heads type to start to prevail a little bit, again, there's going to be some buying opportunities for guys who are looking to get into some overbeat uh, assets and commodities here. Uh, to me, beans uh, are definitely in that camp. And it's not going to be long before we really start getting that pressure of planting prospects here in the U.S. I mean, February is literally just around the corner. Yeah, and that's exactly where my concern 
has been for a while now where you know this january february march time frame is not what you want to see happening to beans right now to give corn somewhat of a fighting chance now we were already going into this year uh, going to probably already expect more corn acres now those corn acres to me they're still 92 to 93 million but you know you continue to see this in the beans you could be pushing 94 95 in time uh granted i still don't believe 100 percent corn uh, on some operations is feasible due to many reasons but beans new crop beans being down 13 today versus new crop corn being down basically four and a half five it doesn't give a person a lot of good feeling about what those acres could be at the end of March if things don't turn around here relatively soon. Now, granted, a lot of producers, they can change those seed orders relatively quickly, but you know they want to start planning out right now exactly what's going to happen here this spring. The Brazilian real remains really cheap as well. How is that factoring in to our export competitiveness and what we've got sitting in bins all over the U.S.? Yeah, if you look at what it is from an from an export standpoint, uh, you know we had pretty decent exports on corn today. The last few weeks have been relatively good. I really hope let's knock on wood that these corn exports start picking up pace here. They've been very much lacking last year's pace at this point. Now, bean exports have been relatively good considering if you look at it year over year. The problem with a lot of these grains is the outstanding sales. So outstanding sales for corn, beans, and wheat have all been somewhat on wheat side, a little bit lower, but corn and beans have been tremendously lower versus last year. But right now, it's where those exports are really strong versus last year. And if I look at it from a producer standpoint, the bin doors are going to be locked until there's a cash flow needs right now because nobody's going to be selling at these prices unless they absolutely have to. Going back to the Brazil story, Brazil's having a tremendous amounts of rainfall in the southern parts of Brazil, and their crop is going to be fairly large. It, it, now, can they get that crop out and, and, and capture with that big crop that's there, and then can they get back in there and get that second crop corn planted? I think that's a really big question because they are tremendously behind on that second crop corn planting at, at, at current time. And I wonder, I wonder at what point will we really start to hear more concrete information coming out of Brazil and Argentina as to where their crop's at? Yeah, I, th- I think it's something that it's just right now the corona story definitely has the 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 market's attention and once that kind of goes to the wayside and then we'll start focusing more on the south american story all right well stick around folks when we come back we're going to talk about what's been going on in this wheat market believe it or not they've been kind of the leader as of late we'll get more details coming up it's the fontanelle final bell on the rural radio network Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as we continue our conversation with Darren Fessler with Lakefront Futures. Let's talk about this wheat market because even though we saw some negative numbers on the screen, there's still kind of the shining light at this point in this grain complex. Yeah, I mean, if we if take a little wheat, let's say focus on Kansas City, for instance, uh, today, obviously, you continue to sell off on a lot of those other fears, a lot of, uh, along with a lot of the other grains, energies, and equities. But the wheat story continues to be there as far as the demand is concerned. And I look at the, um, the, the accumulated exports for wheat year over year, and they're still up 25%. I mean, if wheat can start to stabilize here, now we've sold off a, a fair bit here in, in, in recent uh, days. So, it, it, like I said, if some of the cool heads can prevail on the wheat, 
uh, I think that there could be a continued story on, on building to the upside here. Now, granted, I think that as far as the wheat markets, maybe a little bit on edge is, okay, yes, we've got some decent snow cover across Kansas, a lot across the southwest part of Kansas, but we're going to see some pretty warm, above-average seasonal temps here push into the weekend here. Does some of that wheat maybe come out of dormancy, or how long does these warm spans, will they last? And I think that's a little bit of the fear, but like we, it, it, it's like a cat with ten lives. I mean, it's it, it's it's hard to really kill it. So, but there is that fear that okay, how long are these extended warm periods warm up? Does it come out of dormancy? Do we get that late seasonal freeze? I think that's a little bit, you know, from a, from a bearish standpoint, it could be an argument here. But from the bulls here, I think the story's still positive with what has taken place and. In Australia, what has taken place in uh, Russia. I mean, there is a, a decent demand story building because of other problems around the world here. Now, if we can just get some of these other outside market pressure out here, and you know, th I think there's a clear road for uh, we to establish some higher prices here. But again, it, it's going to have to you know take some time because outside markets are just not saying so right now. Let's jump over to the livestock side. Unfortunately, I wish we had a better picture on the livestock side compared to what we saw in the grains. But there, this hog market, it can't get much worse, except for the fact, as you and I were talking during the commercial break, limit down today, we have expanded limits tomorrow. Hopefully, we're not hitting that. Yeah, the minute we opened up higher, um, we gapped lower here this morning. And so, I mean, again, it is fears about the number of cases that increased in the last 24 hours continue to bring fear to this market. But we did have over the last 48 hours, or 40, 24 hours, it, you know, the positive about the vaccine. I mean, we've created a vaccine that right now is 100% effective against the, the ASF problems that China has that have happened. Now, granted, that could be some of the bearishness putting in here because maybe we have solved the issue with the ASF problems going on. But again, that should have been probably a bullish case for the beans uh, because of more consumption down the road. And it just seemed like it definitely wasn't the case here. Again, fear-driven sell-off on these be or on these hogs. Expand the limits tomorrow. But you've also had a technical breakdown below those August lows, too, on those April hogs. So not only fundamentals, you know, with the potential of the fear of the corona, but then you've also had the technical breakdowns, too, to, to continue to accelerate the trend also lower. I mean, we've continued to find resistance right near that 20-day EMA. Again, you're not seeing the you're, – you're basically seeing the same type of trade here, just continued acceleration, continuation of trend. What are we going to see as we look at this cash cattle market? Are we going to get any potential pickups in the trade? I know we've got a big report that comes out tomorrow afternoon. Is that going to hinder any sort of cash trade? Cash trade so far has been relatively strong to what the board price has done. It, it, it's really holding its own. Very, very encouraging for producers. It's just the market right now. If I look at the open interest in cattle in general, whether you're talking fats or feeders, those open interests has really started to build over the last few months. And now over the last week or so, you're really starting open interest, starting to decline quite a bit. So the funds that have really, I think, accelerated the cash to higher prices, there could be some repositioning going on right now where they're getting out of their long positions and probably just getting flat. I think that is some of the fear in the market here as well. Now, cattle in general, 
feeders have been very, very choppy at best recently until they've started breaking down. The feeder cash price for feeders are still hanging up there. I'm, I'm not too concerned there. And some of the fear, again, is more or less the outside pressure. And the problem with the fat market right now is you've, you've, you've been in a consolidation trade the last couple of months, but you started breaking that channel. And so you, you basically pushed to newer lows here. Now I think the, the fat market is just trying to find some baseline support before we try to move higher yet again. Fundamentals are still there. All right. Sounds good. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you, Darren? They can reach me directly at 402-366-0423. They can find me on Twitter at DDF Alpha and our website at lakefrontfutures.com. And that's a look at the Fontenelle final bell. And just a reminder, commodity futures and options do involve substantial risk of loss and are not suitable for all investors. That's the Fontenelle final bell being brought to you by Fontenelle and all the local dealers. Pick this up as a podcast at our website, ruralradio.com, or wherever you subscribe for your free podcast. It's the Fontenelle final bell on the Rural Radio Network. Rural Radio Network.